0: Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Mike Kaiser with Centric Consulting, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Bafana Mehta, Assistant Vice President at Cincinnati Children's uh, Hospital Medical Center. Um, I I heard in your career story a number of places where you were helping to make that that happen and how you're now tied to the the organization's goals and and, and moonshots. Um, I guess, how do you formulate a data strategy that aligns with the organization's objectives and goals?
1: When I think about data strategy, I actually think about two two roadmaps, essentially. So one is really that's focused more on uh, capabilities and infrastructure that is probably a little bit more enduring, right? And then the other is what initiatives, what projects are we working on? And those are interconnected. And they should feed each other, inform each other, but I think it's important to treat them separately in a way that we can make progress on both of them. So, like for example, you know, when I think about my infrastructure and capabilities roadmap, I'm thinking about people, process technology, and data, right? And 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 really when I say people, you know, or maybe let's start with technology, because that's easy, right? So technology, you know, what's the technology stack that we're going to be using? Are we going to be using on-prem, cloud? What what is the what are the, what is the tooling? But when I shift to people right there after that, it's about how are people gonna leverage this, right? What is the org structure or what are the, the the structure that we need so that we can leverage that technology that we're implementing appropriately? What are the skill set that that we need? When I talk about process, you know, how how are we gonna maintain, support, add, update, right? All that kind of process. And then data which is the fourth pillar, right? When you think about data strategy is around how are we educating people about the data? How do we know, you know, what are the attributes of data? What are the data elements? So how are we increasing the data literacy of the the organization in general? So that's sort of from a capability perspective, you know, that's how I think about it. And honestly, when I look at our, you know, pursuing our potential together goals, the, the underlying data strategy that we have there is bucketed in very similar pillars, where we are focused on, you know, creating more of the uh, infrastructure, we're looking at implementing or working to implement uh, a data fabric and a data mesh architecture, with you know uh, a focus on AI and ML, and you're using that at scale. Then our, our third pillar talks about you know data literacy and and the governance and processes, and our fourth pillar is more around uh, really modernization of our tools. So like everyone else, we're on a journey to modernize to the cloud. And then when I think about our interconnected roadmap, as to what that infrastructure is going to unlock, what kind of capabilities it's unlocking, you know, some of the uh, some of the projects that it's we're working on are our command center. So our COO recently declared, or last year declared. Access is our wildly important goal. So we have the same access is our wig, which really means that you know we want kids to come to us, right? We we have it's hard to get appointments such as nine children. So that's one of the big areas that we're solving. So that is uh, the work that we're doing from a data perspective is aligned, the projects are aligned to that goal. Or the population health or the accountable care organization that I talked about, we have to stratify the kids by risk, so we have to risk stratify them so we can then assign the right resources, whether it's care management or other kinds of help or social determinants of health, uh, that we can help to close equity gaps. So our data projects are aligned to these strategic initiatives uh, as we as we move forward. So essentially, that is how I think of data strategy as these two parallel paths that we're traveling. And I've always kind of thought about it as, you know, there are times when there's a balance, right? It's never 50-50. Sometimes it'll lean more towards strategic priorities. Sometimes it'll learn, lean more towards technologies, depends on what where we're headed and where we are in our journey.
0: And it makes a whole lot of sense being able to balance both sides of that. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, modernization and, and, and cloud, and that's not just the one step. Uh, there's lots of different clouds. The clouds are constantly changing. The tools that are available are constantly evolving. And that's true in all of uh, technology, though. Um, uh, it seems like in data we're we're pushing the envelope, uh, uh, perhaps more than some other parts of of IT. Um, with all those rapidly evolving tools and techniques, how do you stay updated and decide which ones to integrate into your organization?
1: Yeah, it's a continuous learning, right? I mean, I I actually love learning, but so that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, you know, really relying on you know, obviously, I have my personal readings that i do like everyone else right then we lean on our uh, on our leaders to bring stuff to us from a priority perspective lean on my teams if teams my teams are out there they're seeing stuff right we, we have to but then also really leaning on our partners both internally and externally so yeah. uh we have a pretty a strong partnership with gartner so i rely on gartner research quite a bit uh, our vendor partners so uh two key partners i would say in this space we are uh, a Microsoft partner and we are an Epic p- partner. Uh, Epic's our EMR. We're actually implementing Workday. So really trying to stay aligned with their roadmaps, what gets, uh, you know, how they are progressing and what are some of the things that they are developing so that we are not reinventing that wheel and we're working and we're leveraging uh, the technology that they're bringing forth. So again, we're working with Microsoft on OpenAI and we're working with Epic as an early adopter is their generative AI features that they are trying to uh, put, put in Epic. Um, you know, and then, but we also want to be open to innovation. So we have a standard process that if we do think of new technology uh, that we want to test out, we have a standard technology review process and intake process. and I encourage the teams to do proofs of concepts. So we've done that. We've done that where, Sometimes we've kind of learned and we've said, all right, let's back shop because, you know, we learned and it's not good for us. We, we're we not ready for it, if, whether it's from an maintainability perspective, it doesn't fit in our enterprise architecture or we scale from there. So, so you know, it's just a, it's a combination of how we would approach this.
0: That's wonderful. It feels uh, comprehensive. Uh, you know, one area I think that is progressing faster than some others within data is artificial intelligence. You mentioned open AI, um, it, where are places or how do you uh, place uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, within the hospital?
1: Oh, what a great question. I think I'm super excited for this uh, uh, You know, opportunity to share because I think healthcare is at uh, such a transformational place. And with AI, it seems like the technology is finally there that it can actually help to uh, innovate and transform the way we deliver care uh, so and we have been doing ai like you know if you think about it, we are an academic medical center so computational medicine techniques are not new right we've been we've been using that uh for a really long time we've got a huge research arm uh leading faculty research scientists that have been doing and you know developing new treatments and new drugs and new cures uh but what I think the promise of AI with with the, te- with the technology is today is one that it can reduce the time it takes for us to go from bench to bedside. You know, traditionally it's about seventeen years, fifteen to seventeen years. So I think there's an opportunity to short circuit that. Uh, there's also lots of opportunity just on the operational efficiency side. So you know, as healthcare is going through a change around just the re- reimbursement models, so we're looking at different types of reimbursement, value based models from you know moving away from fee for service. We're looking at, uh, you know, we're seeing clinician burnout, we're seeing staff shortages. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, we're also we're, we're partnering with, uh, you know, startups we had recently had. We're trying to test out something from a conversational AI perspective to see, can we automate some of those preoperative phone calls? That, you know, the call that you get before surgery, hey, you do not eat after midnight or, you know, make sure you're there at 7 a.m. or something, right? That is manual work that we have staff doing. And I think that could be automated. So that's that's an opportunity that we're actually testing out. Uh, we have ways of collecting risk assessments uh, that we make calls to, to our patients and then, you know, trying to get information, uh, automating that through, through AI. Uh, generally, with AI, thinking about um. The content that we can tra- create from either from a patient education staff education uh, you know you we just saw co-piloting you know going ga last you know early this month so there's just a lot of opportunity we are also um, recently uh, our scientists our research scientists have been working on uh, a, a model to detect early anxiety like de- uh, detect anxiety earlier uh, for the last 10 years and now it's actually ready to be tested into, into uh, our primary care spaces. So, so we're doing that. Uh, we're testing out some risk stratification models. So there's just a lot of opportunity in uh, both di- digital interventions as patient-facing as well as clinician productivity. And I think one thing I would add to that, one of the challenges as a pediatric organization, that because when I talk about these things, a lot of times it's like there are models already available, but they're not tested on pediatrics. So that is a challenge and kids are not little adults. So anything we get, we have to go through a process, right, to, to test it. And then with that, uh, we wanna make sure we're doing it safely, ethically, responsibly. So we've actually put processes in place. We have an AI governance council, we have an AI governance framework uh, that we're testing out and making sure that uh, as we're deploying these models or we're buying technology that has embedded AI in it, that we're taking it uh, appropriate to the appropriate channels and the appropriate processes.
0: I love when I get a chance to work in healthcare organizations that um, uh, there is an idea of, of the scientific method that's rooted in people, that there is this idea of experimentation uh, and, and that they're uh, bringing new technology forward when uh, um, we expect to learn as we're going as well, uh, that you find an audience that's perhaps more receptive of that. As long as it's done safely, uh, just like you said, um, and that, that we're keeping the, that, that patient um, uh, front and center. Thank you, Bhavana Mehta, for joining me today. And for anyone listening, please visit Magazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you, Mike. Special.